the Frames Per Second podcast. Crazy risk, the gamble. And it's about to pay off. So I want the Celtics to cover. I want the Celtics halftime. I want Garnett points and rebounds. What do you know? I don't know. I just know. Well, I'll tell you what I know. It's the dumbest fucking bet I ever heard of. I disagree. What's going on? It's your boy, Nikki Doucet, a.k.a. Mr. No Disrespect. And you're now tuned into the Frames Per Second Podcast. In this episode, we are reviewing one of the most talked about films of 2019, uh, A24's Uncut Gems. Uh, mostly coming from, uh, it was directed and written by the Shafty brothers. I think they're, I think they're kind of fairly new-ish, but they, this is the film that kind of like brought them out. It's a breakout movie for them, um, starring Adam Sandler in a role that we don't usually see Adam Sandler in. And of course, I'm gonna start off with, how did y'all feel about the film? Well, I'll start because like, this was one of my uh, top films of last year. When we did our top, what we do, top five or top 10? I think we did top 10. Yeah, this was like top 10. I wanna say it was my number two after Joker, if I'm not mistaken. Um. But yeah, with that said, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's, it's like it was like one of my favorite movies in 2019. Um, yeah, so we went to the movie theater to watch it initially, and I didn't like it as much as he did. Um, but it was enjoyable enough to me. Uh, I, I deal with anxiety, so this had me like really, I, I, it, it fucked me up. I wanted, I didn't really want to finish watching it because the way they shoot it, it's just. It puts you. It, it just made me anxious for no reason. So I didn't like that, but I could ex- appreciate it enough to say it's cool that they can get that type of reaction out of me. I guess. Um, I thought it was cool. Um, yeah, there were some things I didn't like about it, but I thought the overall story itself was fine. Um, but yeah, I just stopped there. So it was cool. What about you, Mike? Um, I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it. I wasn't blown away by it. Um, I I like those directors. Um, I liked their previous two movies quite a bit. I didn't even know that this was them until after I'd watched it. But um, but yeah, I mean, I I thought it was good. I think my expectations were a bit high because it was so overhyped. But I mean, I, I guess we'll get into that. But yeah, it was fine. Oh, yeah. What'd you say? Oh, Daddy Long Legs. What is that? They did that. Too. I don't know if you ever seen that, but they did Daddy Long. I thought that was one of the ones you were referring to. No, they did a movie called um, Good. Is it Good Time? Good Time. And uh, Heaven. Heaven. Oh fuck! What is the other one? Heaven something. Heaven. It's either Heaven Can Wait or Heaven Will Wait. Something like that. Heaven knows what. Heaven knows what. Thank you. Daddy Long Legs before those two. Uh, yeah, I've never even heard of Daddy Long Legs. Was it good? I haven't watched it yet. I was going to go back and watch it because I went back and started watching uh, Good Time. And then I was going to watch the other one you're talking about, too. Yeah, those movies are a bit weirder than this one. The main reason I even watched those other two is because mm-hmm. the rapper Necro is in both of them. 
So I oh. thought that was funny as hell. Um, and plus, I have a friend who's in love with what's that dude, Edward from fucking. Robert. Uh, yeah, Robert Pattinson. She was trying to convince me that he's an amazing actor, and I'm like, okay, sure. But he actually is. He's a fucking great actor. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I saw those first, and I really like both of those films. And the styling is definitely very much akin to what they were doing before. But um, I just wasn't, I just wasn't really blown away by this. Yeah, for me, it was uh, kind of similar to what Mike is saying. Like. As far as the movie itself, I thought it was shot well, like nay, the anxiety part of, or just feeling anxious throughout the movie, even though some of it was with little to no payoff. I like that they can do that with a, a film like this, a story like this. However, like with the hype and stuff, cause this is my first time watching it like recently. So I didn't even watch it during the hoopla. It's probably one of the most overrated movies I've ever seen. Like, I'm just gonna keep it a buck on that. like. Because of the journey, the journey that I was on, like that was the like we don't get to the payout like the ending, but for real, my nigga, like that's that's it. But that because that's that was my that was my textbook sentence that I said after that. Like after I turned off the movie, I was like, for real, my nigga, that was it. But uh, let's get into it. So <laughs> the film starts off differently than I would expect it. Like as far as like we're, we go to Ethiopia and we find uh, I believe like a a diamond mine or like a place where people go and try to search for diamonds and, or just valuable jewels and gems to trade off for their livelihood. Um, what did y'all think about it setting up the story that way? Um, I like it setting up the story that way because it lends to the whole blood diamond thing that we always hear about, about how, you know, you have these people that are literally risking their lives for for jewels that we hear like or, or just anywhere just kind of floss and just kind of don't even realize what you know what goes on what goes on with that you know what I'm saying like when we wear when people wear these diamonds and stuff like you know just for their livelihood and we we're we're like people are wearing this stuff for totally different reasons just for like very very um what's the word I'm looking for reasons you know so that that was my that so I did like that setup what do you think about it Ken um I guess Rod explained his purpose so I'll go with that I just like how it led into like I guess the 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 title um with the going and zooming into the jewel and then going into all that stuff. I thought that was cool. And then it opened with, with him. So yeah, it was cool. I didn't like it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't necessarily get, I get what Roger's saying, but I just didn't necessarily get that out of the story. Like, so I get that there was, a he had this obsession with, how he got this opal but it was really just a means to feed his addiction because he thought this was going to be another way for him to get some quick money by auctioning it off so I guess I get it but it was a lot of things about this story that left a lot for me to be desired by me so I mean my favorite my favorite part about that comes about the the beginning scene comes towards the end of the movie and I guess we'll get there so I'll save it for later 
What did you think, Mike? Um, I I actually agree with Rod. I I think that that's exactly what they were going for because it seemed like the theme for this movie was like people getting happy about something that's right now and not thinking about what's going to happen later. So I think that they were showing like, yo, these diamonds that make you happy right now, they are the result of people literally dying over and over and over again. And, you know, I think that they, they carried that theme throughout damn near every character. Like his name was Howard, right? That was Adam Sandler. Yeah. Yeah. The entire movie, his, his character is just like, what can I do right now? I got some money. Okay, cool. I'm going to spend it right now. You know, he doesn't really care about what's going to happen like an hour later, literally an hour later, you know? So I think that they're starting the movie off with getting you to start thinking that way. Like, this is what's happening right now, but the people that are dealing with the product of the right now are not thinking about what happened prior to that, which is this guy damn near lost his leg to get this gym. So I thought the way they started it was very misleading because I was hyped. And then it just kind of... What was interesting about that, though, Mike, is like um, he did know the history. He do he does know it all goes into it. So I thought that that was – I don't know. I, I think I'm still trying to figure that part out. Like, why, if he does know what all goes into it, what was sacrificed, why does he treat it that way? Because he has a problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, wasn't, I wasn't saying he doesn't know. I was saying, like, the people, like – like, you were talking about, like, rappers who get these jewels. Yeah, and just put them, yeah. Like, they don't know and they don't care. But he only knows – because he got some tip or whatever, wasn't he? He got some tip from somebody that was like, yo, these guys found these jewels. Oh, yeah. Place. Otherwise. He was, watching a, he was watching something. He was watching. The like, Discovery Channel's. Like yeah, yeah, he was watching something. And he said it took him like 17 months to get it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he knows. But I think the idea is the average person, when you see a jewel in a in a ring or in a necklace, you don't think like, hey, this one little jewel, I bet you 10 black people died to get you that one jewel. So I thought that was a dope idea. I wish it did a better job kind of bringing that together. What is y'all, let's, Mike, you brought up the characters as far as how they, um, the theme and how it goes around them. What did you guys think about the main character, Adam Sandler, Howard Ratner, and just what what kind of guy he was? I feel like this movie may have positioned him like we're not going to try to make you feel anything like for him like sympathetically because like what he does throughout the film I feel like he's a piece of shit but is that a is that an interesting take like we're just going to reveal you the ugly of this addiction we're not even going to try to make him like meaningful or any like try to clean him up in any kind of way well I don't agree with that actually I I think they did show kind of make you have some sort of sympathy for him for me personally um so, so yeah, I, I feel what you're saying. Like, they did just make him seem like this guy that, you know, just just very raw, very he, – he's, he's, you know, a hustler or whatever. But they did show moments, like, uh, like vulnerable moments, like when he was crying, breaking down, like, I keep messing up. And they did I, – I feel like they did show moments to make you feel for him in, in a way. That, that might have been just me, but that, when I view it, that – that's how I feel. Like I feel like they did have moments to where they kind of, you know, you you felt for him when 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 uh you felt when when you realized it was his brother-in-law that was, 
you know, causing all of this havoc, the loan shark or whatever. They put him in the trunk. It was toward, like, I, I, it made me feel for him at times, you know, because he. Wait, Arno, he, huh? Arno was his brother-in-law? Yeah. Was How did I miss that? And I watched it twice. I watched it again today. Just yeah, to make sure I wasn't tripping. The, yeah, they were at the family dinner thing. At the bar mitzvah, what was it? Uh, yeah, that was his brother-in-law. All that—that that was his brother-in-law, bro. But um, yeah. um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I just feel like they—they—they—they they, they, they made you feel for him a little bit, a little bit, uh, just enough for me, just enough. Kid, did no, you feel it, for him at all? Who? Did you feel for him at all? It was kind of weird, man, because I, I think. The movie definitely um, pull out some emotions, you know, and I, I think a lot of it had to do with the sound and the way they shot it. Um, but they also made it seem like he deserved everything he got. And they showed you all of those moments where, every like, he was doing extremely fucked up shit. And th- but then to Ross' point... There are moments in the movie where like, damn, man, like you start to feel sorry for him. Like when he got tossed in the in the water, you know, later on. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're you're almost through the movie and you're watching this guy live this life, and it's like nothing he's doing is going right or working. And, you know, but prior to that, it was like he deserved everything he he, you know, he got. But it was like at that moment, it's like, dang, how is he how is he even still functioning? And we saw that he really wasn't. Like, he broke down when he got back to the office. Yeah, I don't necessarily know if, like, the breakdown moments or the moments where they really were trying to make you feel something for him necessarily made me feel anything. I think it just came when you – I just realized, like, very early on, I think when he placed that bet, the one that actually hit, that they stopped – I think when you saw, and then when you, he got home and he was like so into the game and he didn't want to spend time with his family. And even when he was in there with his son, he was watching the game. It made me realize, okay, this nigga just got an addiction problem. Like this nigga is sick. It's like a drug addict. So I think if anything, that's more so what made me feel. It's like, okay, it's, I, I identified that this nigga just really has a problem. I don't know. For me, I just, I don't. I saw, I see what all y'all are saying, but I just, I just didn't get that sense of like, oh, I care about him at all throughout this film. Cause it, like Ken was saying, like it, the movie kind of explained like the relationship between his family is bad because he gambles all this, all the time and he's barely home. And on top of that, he got a side chick. Like, I don't know, Mike, am I, is that just me or did you feel anything for him? I felt zero for him. And I, I think that that is, the direct the two guys that's their mo you know um the first movie that i saw was based around drug addicts and their interaction with each other um the second one was about hustlers and people that you know are jacking and robbing and their interactions so it seems like they are very good at creating these characters out of really negative like like people that have really like negative connotations to them However, with the with the first two movies, I felt more sympathy with the characters in this one. I didn't feel shit for Adam Sandler. He was a or Howard, whatever the fuck his name is. He was annoying. He was a trash person. And just to say, like, even the crying scene, I thought that was one of the worst acted crying scenes. <laughs> 
ever seen in my entire existence. It was horrible. And I thought he was joking. I thought he was like fake crying to manipulate her. But I guess that was supposed to be like really him breaking down. So even that, it just did not hit. So all the way throughout the film, I was just like, yeah, this dude's annoying. And when it ended the way it ended, I was like, yep, that's what I expected. See, that's yeah, I was, so was going to ask if you believe that. Go ahead, Rod. I was going to say, I think that's the difference in the, in the viewing experience. I think that's I think that's a critical part of the viewing experience. If you have no compassion for the guy, I, I can see it this this falling flat for you, especially towards the end. Because towards the I, I know we're jumping ahead, but that I was a little torn with the end, but I felt like it was necessary. But um, damn, there was something you said, Mike, that I wanted to touch on um, about you not feeling feeling any compassion for him. So, oh yeah, that's what you said. You said he was a trash person. What, what, what actually made him a trash person, though? He didn't give a shit about his family. He didn't really give a shit about his workers. He only gave a shit about his addiction to gambling. That was it. He he pretended to care about the side chick girl, who was side note the best actor in the whole fucking film. And this is apparently gorgeous. Yeah, but this was apparently her first film, which I thought was mind blowing. But he was he was pretending to care about her, but it was he really didn't care about her. He just cared about the idea of having her. He didn't give a shit about anybody. And everything he did was to serve his addiction. And it just got to a point where I was just like, Man, I don't care. And me not liking the movie really had very little to do with me having sympathy or not. Because I can watch a movie, um, I can watch a movie about somebody killing somebody the entire film and enjoy it. My issue with this film was I didn't give two fucks about what was happening. And I felt like it was dragging out for a really long time. The same shit. Who's got my gym? Oh, I got your gym. Okay, cool. You said you have my gym. Oh, I ain't got the gym no more. Who has it? Oh, he has a gym. Okay. I'm gonna go over here. You got the gym. It was just like, it was too much. It, it, It almost felt like they really didn't have much of a story. So they just started repeating themselves over and over throughout the middle of the film. And I just didn't care. Since you brought up a story, like, I don't think there was this, like, and I think Naomi brought this up. I don't, I don't think it was a story. I, I really feel like they just dropped us inside of this world. Mm-hmm. It just took us on this ride. So yeah, in a real world, all of that back and forth would actually happen. And I felt like I, and I, and I felt that. So once I realized, okay, this is what this is the road we're going down. I think at that point I was like, oh man, I love this fucking movie because I don't always need, and I realized this in, uh, between Nan and I talking. I don't always need like a plot, a plot necessarily. If you can put, if if you can direct me in, like if you can just drop me in a world and let me experience that world, I like movies like that. I I, really, I think I really like movies like that. I do, but it has to be a world I give a fuck about. I don't give half a fuck about this guy running all over town chasing a jewel and finally getting the jewel, the jewel not being worth anything, him going to this auction. It was just, you know what? It was like every second of the film was extremely predictable. So I just couldn't even get sucked into that world because I was like, well, I bet this is going to happen. The second they got to that auction, I was like, oh, yeah, he, it's not going to sell for anything near what it was gonna, what he thought it was going to sell for. And the second he talked to that dude and was like, hey, I need you to bid it up, I was like, okay, 
he's going to win it because no one else is going to, it was just so predictable. And I, I wanted to like it, but you know what? It it was predictable, but I think I was trying to see how he was going to talk his way or get out of this situation Mm -hmm. because you know, it, he, cause he never won really (laughs) when he won, he lost Mm -hmm. on both times. So when yeah, I knew that he was that Kevin Garnett wasn't gonna win the auction. Like that yeah, that was extremely predictable. But how is he gonna handle this situation? Because all he's gonna do is just tell one lie after another lie after another lie, and he keeps honestly digging this 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 a, a hole for himself. Which is me. I honestly don't think that I never I didn't get that the story was about the jewel the gym, which is why the the beginning fell flat for me. Uh, it was just a story about a, a dude with a gambling addiction. Right. Like the gym could have been replaced with anything else, which is why that opening scene with the whole mind and stuff. It was like, oh, okay, for what? That's not what the story is about. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it kind of, sort of was because the gym, like I said, it represented this ideal thing that people can use, but they're not paying attention to the fact that people have died prior. So it's like every time Howard was doing something, he wasn't thinking about what had happened prior. He was only thinking about what happened right at that moment. But I do agree with you that when you look at the overall film and you take like this ideology idea out, it could have been anything. It it didn't have to be that gem. I feel like maybe they just stuck that gem in there to kind of, make it a little bit more artistic or something. I don't know. It was a MacGuffin. I mean, it was clearly a MacGuffin, but I don't even know if it was a well-done MacGuffin. And that's what I was getting to as far as, like, Nay, when you said that you and Rod had a conversation about plot, it seemed like the the way it was shot, like, watching this in a movie theater, being dragged along with for this ride, I could understand how you could get caught up in the world, like Rod, how you were talking about, because it is intense and it is like just drive up anxiety and all that. But mm-hmm. if you were just like watching it at home and had a time to like pause or like rewind or something like when you really sit back and watch it, like, bro, this is like two and a half hours of just some goofy ass nigga who don't know when to stop. Oh like, yeah, you can't watch it like that. Yeah, you watch it like that, you're ruining the whole experience. If you watch it no, like I- no, I'm just saying, if you watch it like, you know, at home and you pause, go get somebody to microwave, come back, you kind of messing up what the intention was, in my opinion. That's a, That was a better view for me. Oh. Yeah. Watching oh, because you home, break. Right. Watching it at home was better for me because I walked out of the theater like, no, for real, I need to diffuse what the fuck did I just watch. <laughs> like, I'm wound up for nothing. Like, I felt like I, like, it sincerely fucked with my anxiety. I had to go home and take my pills. I was like, this is some bullshit. So, yeah, like, and, and then it's like to get all worked up and then feel like it was no story. I was like, this is some, I was mad when I left home. I, I tend to, I've gotten mad at theaters with him quite often re- recently. But yeah, I was mad coming home with him because I was like, I feel like this was a bunch of chaos on the screen that had me wound up and it was for what? I, I just didn't get it. So watching it at home, being able to take breaks when I when it becomes too much, being able to pause it or go back was a better view for me because it took out the anxiety level with all the other bullshit. But what to Rod's point, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Ken. Yeah, to, to Rod's point, I think that was one of the things that I did like about it because the first time I watched it, you know, after I finished, I was like, okay, that's it. 
And then I started thinking about it. I was like, well, that probably is somebody's life. Right. And somebody's life sometimes don't always have like this clear story or plot that's easily defined and accessible for, you know, someone to view. Like they dropped us, as, as Rod said earlier, in this world. And while I still felt somewhat unsatisfied and um, towards what I got at the end, I understood like them transporting us and basically dropping us in to follow him through his whole life experience from the moment he got, um, I guess, the gym on onward. I feel like, a little bit before. I think I brought this up. I feel like um, so when it comes to plots and stuff, when we look at like hood classes and stuff, a lot of them when you really think about it, this made me think about like they really don't have a plot. Like think about men's society. Like, we know how that stuff goes, but just imagine somebody that don't know that life. They're being dropped inside this minister society world. And it really it, it really kind of ends the same way. He ends, it, he dies at the end. And, it, and like, for what? Like, did you really feel the compassion for, for Kane? Like, yes. You, Are you serious? Story because you know that life, if you have no connection to that life, would you? Yeah, you I think, think they just save a kid. Say, oh, wait, I didn't hear you. Say it again. He gave, up, Nick. he gave up his life to save a kid. Like, he was changing. He was trying to make his life better at the, towards the end. Like, he was actually trying to get out the hood. Wasn't he about to leave? Yes. That's right. I That's agree right. with you 100%. That's right. But I'm just saying, well, I guess the whole world part, dropping somebody inside yeah. that world, I can, imagine, I can imagine somebody feeling like, man, I don't know what the fuck this is. But I, I mean, because I love Mr. Society, but I, I can feel like, like somebody would love it the same way because they've been, they've been dropped off in this world that they don't even know about. And I feel like that, I, I don't know about being a, in a, a jeweler in a diamond district, Jewish guy or whatever. So now I'm experiencing something that I've never experienced before. So here's the thing. So when I said earlier that um, there was no story or whatever, I'm not saying that that is like the main reason I didn't like this movie because I mean, I, I think it was last year where I said like one of my favorite movies was the, the movie called the house that Jack built. And there's not a tangible story. Like there's not an ABC story. You're literally dropped into the world of a guy that's a serial killer. And he's learning how to be a serial killer. I have no desire to be a serial killer, but the way that they made that character interesting and entertaining kept me watching. With this, I don't think that they made the character interesting or entertaining. I feel like I could care about a day in the life of someone in the Diamond District, but with this, I just didn't give a fuck. Now, I will agree with you totally, Rod, that I think the best way to watch this is in one sitting because I think it makes the end pay off a lot more because the whole time everyone's talking over each other and it's loud and it's chaotic and none of that stops until the very end of the movie when he dies. So it's like, I feel like you're supposed to get anxiety and anxious. The only thing is, I didn't. I just got bored. Yeah. So it sucks that Nay didn't like it because I feel like she is the prime example of what they were going for. Absolutely. But the problem is I, it's, it's a problem for me already. Right. So I if, I, if I just was a normal person, 
sure. <laughs> but going in, having those issues, it's going to trigger shit. So, mm-hmm. and I almost think it was like, wasn't it like a um, warning or something or a disclaimer? That it's, it drives Oh, anxiety. before we got to the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, you know how some movies have it on the doors? They have signs. Like, you know, with lights and stuff, like there's a lot of flashing lights. They'll have, yeah, what I think, huh? I, I said, what did it say? The, the sign. I want to say it probably says something about anxiety or something like that on the sign. I do remember it being a sign before you walked into the movie theater. Yeah. Wow. But, Interesting. Yeah. yeah so I, I, that's why I said I can appreciate the fact that it did that. The fact that I was that invested or the fact that the way it was shot, the way the story was delivered to, to make you anxious, I could appreciate that, that, that it did that. I just didn't want it done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that. I get, like, a movie like Cloverfield gives me more anxiety than this. Like, this just didn't give me any anxiety. It just gave me a, like, I don't care. Like, can you do something else? Like, can you do something interesting? Like, can somebody step in here and do something that makes me give a fuck about this film? Did you like the weekend scene? I did like the weekend scene, mainly because it was very true to life. That seemed like some shit that the weekend would really... Yeah. I mean, like, he'd really be in the bathroom snorting coke off his hand and trying to fuck this girl. Yeah. So I thought that was very well done. I did not, however, like Adam Sandler showing up and punking him and all his bodyguards jumping around and no one whooped the fucking shit out of him. I thought that was extremely unrealistic. But that's that's a very nitpicky thing. Like, that that didn't affect my enjoyment of the film at all. But see, that... that the fact that you, like how you said that that seemed like a very realistic part with The weekend, I felt like that was very realistic with the with the uh, the basketball element that they're throwing there too because that was a real, that was a real series. And I think in, in order for them to make this movie work, they had to find the right series in order to make that work. So I thought that was really interesting when it came to directing this film because they had to make it believable that because the Knicks aren't in the playoffs, like, you know, they, they don't make the playoffs in the last whenever this was came out. So they had to find something that would be believable that the person would travel to. And that was like two hours from um, Philly or something like that. So it was believable that Garnett would drive from Philly or Boston to um to um New York. From Philly to New York. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting that they did that much research to find the right situation. I heard they were going to have Kobe play it too at one point. Mm. That would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, I thought Kevin Garnett did a great. great I, did. I was surprised by Garnett. That that was the thing that turned me off from this film when I first saw it. When I seen the the uh, previews for him, like Garnett, I don't want to see that. Hmm. So but, I guess it benefited me because I didn't know who the fuck he was anyway. I thought he was just some big black guy. Oh wow! Once they, one, I know they were calling him Kevin Garnett, but I didn't really think it was Kevin Garnett until I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's really him. Good. <laughs> Good job, Kevin Garnett. And Rod, that's what I was I was getting to. I think you and Mike touched on the point. Like what I the the best thing about this film to me was the rest of the cast and quote unquote, I guess the rest of the world. Because I feel like with Adam Sandler, I based on how everyone was talking about his performance in this, I thought he was gonna carry it a lot more than what I actually got. Like I think the cast was a lot better, like Lakeith Stanfield, his uh his side chick. Uh, even like that family scene, like just his interactions with other people, Kevin Garnett, like I feel like those scenes carry more weight with me as far as like, okay, I care about how this, this story plays out, but not really the guy that's moving it forward. 
I disagree again, man. I really like Adam Sandler on the screen. I really do. I man. feel like he's what gave me anxiety. I feel like his the way he talked, the way he dealt with people, the way he was so erratic and all over the place was what part of what gave me anxiety. Yeah, I think he had good supporting actors around him, but I I I, I do feel like he cared for him personally. He did. He did very little for me. Um, I think it was one of those situations where anytime someone that is outside of their normal role, people just kind of over-exaggerate how amazing, not saying you, Rod, but the general public just kind of over-exaggerates how amazing of a job they did. You know, like when he was in Punch Drunk Love, yeah, it was a great movie, but they acted like he was over here doing fucking Leonardo DiCaprio style fucking acting. And it was like, nah, bro, he's a fine actor. He just wasn't doing a whole bunch of Jack Tripper slapstick shit. And I felt the same way with this. He had one, like, he had one mood. It was just crazy. I'm all over the place. And the second he broke that mood, it was awful. <laughs> I don't really think he's that he was that amazing. But I do agree with what Rod is saying is how he carried the film. Even though I didn't like the movie as much as everybody else, I feel like he was probably, he was definitely carrying whatever the story was. It was just, I didn't care about the story that much. Yeah, and I agree with you. I don't think he did, like, this amazing acting job. Like, I, I, I don't see him getting, like, any awards for this. It's just that it just, it fit the movie to me. Like, what he did fit the movie. People said he was robbed. Really? Yeah, people, he was supposed to get a, a nomination. I don't see why, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, are, he didn't do anything to deserve a nomination. Nah, nah. It, it for me, and I know y'all don't like the movie as much as I did, but it was for me. It was just the the movie in its entirety. It wasn't just him. That that it, it's, if, if it would have got an award, I would. I feel like it was should have got a directing a director's award or 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 shit, even editing because editing a bit was a beast for this. But like, yeah. So yeah, that's the type of awards I would expect this to win. Not not him. Not leading actor or anything like that. Did, Rod, you mentioned KG stood out. Did anybody else to y'all stood out as far as like the other cast? I didn't say KG stood out. That was Mike. Oh, we, my bad. We all look alike, huh, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> was there anybody else that stood out to y'all? Just go ahead and say it, Nick. You want to talk about the big booty white chick that was in it? Go ahead. Uh, I, I'm just, <laughs> Mike, I hate how you're reading it sometimes. All right, hey, man. man. <laughs> You said that, that booty that ass, that ass was fat as hell. I, I did not expect that from a white. It was a white woman fat. I'm not going to say it's a black woman fat, but it was a white woman fat. And that damn that carried the movie for me. Like, <laughs> I, was a, I was on her ass the whole movie. <laughs> that shit got an award. Surprise ass of the year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but honestly, I... I I, I did like Lakeith's role. I, yeah. I, I, he, I think I was re, uh, I was watching some interviews just to get like uh, just to try to get back into that moment when it came out. But I, I like the way Adam Sandler was talking about his, how he worked off with Keith and all that. He was like, this guy is just like he's a beast. Like he he'll talk to you. I think he said he'll talk to you casually and then he'll go away for like two or five minutes and then he'll come back in character ready to like hmm. chew your head off. Like I love their interaction. Hmm. No, he was good. He was good. He, like I said, the supporting actors around this were, were, were good. Yeah, I liked him a lot in this movie. Um, you know, I, I liked 
pretty much all the scenes he he was in, and um, he's really starting to to grow on me a lot as a as an actor, and seeing uh, him performing these many different roles. But um, but yeah, man, I I think I enjoy him a little bit more than than Adam Sandler. Mm. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he does got crazy. He does have crazy range. Yeah, it's like the funny thing is he he can play so many diverse roles. Like he's believable as like the kind of quirky nerdy friend. He's believable. I assume I didn't see the movie, but as this love interest type of romantic kind of dude, I didn't see it, but that's what I heard. But he can also play this like borderline thug, like don't fuck with me type of role, and those roles stay believable. So I thought he did an incredible job. We'll be back after this quick break. Um, I was going to ask y'all, uh, before we get to the ending scene and, and talk about how the, the film uh, closes out, did y'all have any scenes uh, in between that as we go along this journey that stood out to y'all? As far as what now? As far as, like, before we get to the end, like, th- was there any standout scenes for you as we're getting towards it? Because it does, it it is very fast-paced, and it kind of just you're getting dragged in multiple directions. Was there any scene that was like, oh, I wish we could have stayed in this scene a little bit longer, or this is what probably uh, Adam Sandler's best moment was in this film? I don't think so, man, because it went so, well, to me, it went so fast, and it was so fast-paced that you went from one scene to another scene to another, like, we didn't really rest in a scene for very long in this, I don't feel like. But um, I did like the weekend scene, but I don't remember that being like one of my favorite or standout scenes. I thought it was really interesting when we found out that the dude was his, his brother-in-law. So that scene was interesting. Uh, he's like, oh yeah, you ain't got your goons around you now. He was really like a punk for real. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I thought that was interesting. Um, I thought the scene with his son and he went up to the apartment was interesting. So yeah, it just again it was the most annoying scene ever in life. <laughs> Which scene was the most annoying one? Took his son up to the to the apartment, and when he put took his son to the apartment and let him go to the bathroom in a stranger's house. Yeah, that was that was a little off. Awesome. When I tell you, I was so pissed in that movie. I was like, "What kind of father are you?" Exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. Or what but God, guy, like, like that man looked like a goddamn child molester, and you let him go in the bathroom with him. It was horrible. It was horrible. It was horrible. I thought it was funny when he said, "Yeah, the, this the guy that played on Good Times." Oh, and it actually it was. was. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be really be him. <laughs> when John Amos opened that door, I cracked up. I was like, "Are you sick?" And the fact that he was such an asshole, he's like, "Nah, you can't use my bathroom." Yep, he was like, "No." <laughs> I said, Tell him, James. And then when it sounds like he's a dick, nah, don't talk about him. So he's one of the greatest men of all time. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I like that scene. Yeah, yeah that was a good scene. Go. You can handle yeah. that. <laughs> I I did I agree with you. Right? I think the dinner scene was the probably the one that stood out to me. I like to see the ritual they have as far as uh, the Jewish customs, and then how they were just talking about family. That basically in the best way when it came to the tradition, but when you see it play out in reality, like how he how everybody was talking to him, how he talked to his father, 
um, how he talked to his wife, his ex-wife. I thought that was interesting. I wish we could have probably stayed there a little bit long just to see how he is as a family man. Because I think for me, I thought that's what he was doing all this for. It was like, I'm trying to bring as much money for my family. But yeah, I didn't realize it. I, re- I knew it was an addiction, but I thought it was a controlled addiction. But Nate, you, you've been pointing out like how it's just, even down to the bathroom scene as far as his son, that's like some shit that like, I'm not thinking about this right now. I'm just trying to hurry up and get through this shit. Or even even when he, because um, I don't even think he knew the customs all that well. So he was like, yeah, you you take the, the other part and I'll do the English part. At the at the dinner table. Oh yeah, he's like you can do you can do Hebrew, Grandma. Yeah, yeah. Which again, you know, gives gives credence to him just, you know, being a piece of shit because he don't even keep up with the customs like that. Did you have a standout scene, Kim? Oh yeah, yeah. It was just the Jam- Jam- uh, John Amos part. Yeah. Yep. All right, so let's get to this ending. After Nay, after watching this, and you got to that ending part, what were your, what were you thinking? I was mad because the side bitch wanted all that money. Five <laughs> chicken, how the fuck? Like that money should have been in his, gone to his kids. But I thought he killed her when I saw him walking oh, out I with did the money. Too. I did too. I did too. Oh. I yeah. never thought that. I did see people no. saying that. I never thought that. Yeah. Talking about the dude. What kind of sucker wouldn't kill her? Like, what kind of sucker would just, like, be like, okay, I'm going to bring your money outside? Right. 1.2 mil. Bro, I'm killing outside. you. I'm killing you. He was already rich. Or I'm taking off. He was already going, listen, I'm right. I mean, I kill you, but. I thought he stole it. it. Yeah, I thought he stole it. But he was already rich. He can be richer. Exactly. Yeah, but I don't think. Yeah. I'm going to give a random chick. And you know she ain't fuck him, so I'm gonna right. get that I ain't even getting no ass from two point two million. Well, he, well, well, I don't think he thought he was gonna get ass. He just wanted somebody to party with and have a good time with. Based nah, on he was, he wanted to. He fuck was her. trying to get ass. He was trying to fuck her. I don't know. I think he just wanted wanted a cute girl to hang out he with. He was very weird, which is why I thought he might have hacked her up. I didn't think he was that weird. I thought it was gonna cut straight from that scene. Dude, stop it. Y'all are so fucking stupid. Stop it. I didn't think he was that type of weird. I thought he was just a a, a rich ass dude that's super outgoing and what? It was her face. She was like, if you don't think he's weird, then what the fuck does that say about you? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was weird. He was quirky. He was a quirky rich white guy. You know what I'm saying? I, but, it, but it was very obvious that he was just trying to yeah. have a good time. Go ahead, Nick. I was going to say, yeah, a good time for him usually end up him bumping uglies with a young, pretty young thing like her. So I thought, at first I thought he just stole the money, but to find out like he was just escorting her to a limousine and he was just like, here you go, it's a lot of money. It was just like, that was a weird, like to me again, like what was the point of all that? What was the point of that set up? Like, not to say I was expecting anything bad to happen, but like the way they shot it and edited that scene, it was just like, I thought something else would have happened. Like, she just watched the game in his room and left. That's it. That's really what that's... Because they were looking for her. So if she had stayed in the, on, on, the floor, on the gambling floor, they would have they took her ass and yeah. took her money. So it made a lot of sense. 
Now, I will admit, I thought that he probably did something to her with the way they shot him walking out. But once I realized that it, that it, that he was just giving her the money, I was like, okay, she's smart. Mm-hmm. Very smart. Because I really expected, after he was walking out with the bags, I expected it to then show her, like, by the bed, just throat slit, something. Wow. And the fact that it didn't do that and it opened up the car, at first I was like, man, come on, that's stupid as fuck. But when it was over, I was like, ah, you know, that was actually pretty damn clever. Because I'm sure they thought that we would all think that he killed her. Everybody but Rod, apparently. But I think they, I think that they set it up that way. Yeah. I thought that that's why it was a really cool trick to be like, nah, she's just that fucking smart. She's so smart. She outsmarted the whole audience and she's chilling in the car. And then I got mad because I was like, damn, the side bitch stay winning. I just, I just, I just, to me, it just never, it just never made sense for that to be the case. That seemed like a whole nother movie. So that never, that never seemed like that would fit inside this. No, that, I think, I think that if, even if they had went that route, it would have made sense because this man's actions have fucked up everybody's life around him. Right. Including this chick who really sincerely loves him. Like, I, I didn't think, I thought honestly that she was playing him in the video. I did too. But once, they broke up and had that little fight, and then she tattooed his name on her ass. But I was like, "Oh, she she really loved this nigga." Yeah, like, she's smitten. She's smitten over that nigga. So I that yeah. So I think that even if they had done it that way, it still wouldn't have fucked the story up because it just would have been another way to show how his con- the consequences of his actions don't just affect him. Yeah, t- to me. And even going going with that, going back to the point of the MacGuffin with the Opal, like towards the end, like that's that storyline is non-existent. Like the main storyline is that he he doubled down on a bet that he shouldn't even have done, um, to the point where they were even like hanging him out the fucking window because of the money that he like betted on, and he ends up winning, and it's just like, you know, this is what you get. Well, the MacGuffin, well, well the, the the Opal is what made him have that money to be able to bet on it. But if, yeah, but if it wasn't the Opal, it would have been something else. No, he didn't have the money. The Opal but was- if, if he would have let dude like sell it at 175 to KG originally at the auction, he would have had that money right then and there to give to them, right? Because they were at the auction as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that the. Like, one of the things that I liked was when KG was like, so you bought this opal with jewels in a rock from some Ethiopians for $100,000, and they told you it was going to be worth 100 mil, and nothing seems wrong about that. It's like the hustler got hustled. Because you think about all those emails that you get from, you know, your long-lost, you know, king over there and somewhere uh, fishing and stuff like that. It's almost like he got fished in reality for 17 months and they, and they, 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 um, they got a fast one over him. So I thought that that was interesting, kind of going back to like the beginning of, of the movie and how like the perceived value of things and, and what they are and how he thought it was going to be worth this thing. And in actuality, it wasn't. And, you know, it was only, it probably wasn't even worth a hundred mil. I mean, a hundred thousand. Well, no, they, 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 they appraised it. Never mind. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't think a hundred, I think it was just supposed to be a million. A million. Nah, it yeah. was, it was supposed to be worth like upwards towards 15 million. Like he was saying, like, 
it was what like a, a thousand dollars per carrot, and it's supposed to be like six hundred carrots or some shit like that. I think he said a million in the show. He said a million, bro. Either way, that's. that's- yeah, but nonetheless, I I thought that that is a good point that you added, Ken, as far as KG kind of talking him down the line. Because even then, he was stumbling when he was responding to him. Part of him didn't want to say, like, how much he was, like, what he was doing in the back end of it. But another part of him was actually realizing what KG was saying to him, like, yeah, I may, I may have fucked up here. Yeah. And then taking that and then, and then boosting KG's head up to, to go out and play hard and perform like the psychology that he pulled on him to get him to go out and do that. And because, and using that moment as leverage to place the bet, like he couldn't help himself. And then, you know, of course, locking them. And then the moment of the thing falling out and them being locked in that, 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 that cage area and they couldn't get out. And then Arno actually towards the end, becoming like like you can see it on his face like damn man i think this dude really is gonna hit like he became interested in what was going on and um i yeah i didn't know that was a real game rod i was wondering that um at least a playoff game but that was one of the moments where i I give the film props because even though you had a feeling that he was going to hit like the tension was felt like, I really felt the tension, like, is this really going to be the moment? Which is weird because the first moment he did hit, they stopped the bet. And they could have, which, you know, I still don't understand why they did that, because they could have had their money anyway, which all led to this moment where he placed the bet and he actually hit and he won at the end of the day, but he didn't win. I thought it was real interesting, and I'll just for a second. Like, going back to the game thing, with the attention to detail that they put into this movie is that, Garnett had to have a really good game and an off game and then another really good game. So I was just like, damn, they paid that much to attention to detail, like, in order to put that a part of the story. Yeah, like, the game, he didn't have the jewel. Yeah, yeah, he didn't have the jewel, so he had a bad game. Like, that was, like again, that was a real game where he had a bad game. And then he had a good game for mm-hmm. the, uh, the last one. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say in the last scene, I think that the thing that got me is the fact that he don't realize it doesn't matter if you win or lose at this point. You're going to die either way. And the fact that even his brother-in-law was getting into the game or getting into the fact that he lost, that he won, you don't realize it don't even matter at this point. Like, you've done so much fucked up shit. Like, you gamble with these people money. You've gotten locked in this hot box or whatever. Like, you don't realize it doesn't matter whether you win or not. Like, you fucked up in the game. Because he thinks it's about the money. Right. Yeah, I get that. But I think the fact that he was oblivious to I guess that's what I was focusing on, the fact that this sickness got him so oblivious to it. And then why the hell doesn't his brother-in-law even realize that this shit don't even matter no more? Because... Because, again, for his brother, it's about the money. For Adam Sandler, it's about the money. But for these goons, they're like, look, we, we care about respect. Like, you know what I'm saying? We, like, you just disrespected us. Don't give a damn about your money. I, I'll, I'll steal this whole story. Like, I don't give a shit about that. Like, no, I understand it. I'm just saying I thought that, that's what was interesting to me, that these characters were oblivious to that. Mm-hmm. Who's about to say, Mike? Oh, no, I was just about to say that it that was another scene that went along with what I was thinking with the whole everybody living in the right now. You know, when it got to that scene, 
once again, Howard was living in the right now, which is, I won, look at me, look at me. And that, goon, that goon was living in the right now, which is, you piss me the fuck off, bow. But he wasn't thinking about what's going to happen after that, which is, I'm going to go to jail. And when he killed the, when he killed Arno, it was the same yeah. thing. Oh, you're trying to escape? Bow. It's all about the right now. It was like everybody's decisions, nothing was based on either future or past. It was just right then, right now. Like, what is it? But and that's that was... The the movie. Huh? And that's the feeling of the movie. Yeah. Right. No, that... right. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it, but just not nearly as much as everybody else. I would never, ever, ever in my entire life watch it again. <laughs> was the so was the ending surprising to y'all as far as like how you went out? Me, I wasn't expecting it to happen. That I, I wasn't expecting for the dude as soon as he came out there. Boom! Wow! No, hell no! I told you that in the movie theater. I was like, oh shit! That's why I think I enjoyed it more more than you guys because a lot of it I just I was just caught in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like I was just I was just on along for the ride. And I thought they really were going to be interested in the fact that, oh, shit, he really, this motherfucker really won. Like, okay, all right. But now nah, he's like, yeah, yeah, motherfucker, whatever. Boom. I was like, oh, shit. And the way they shot him, like, through his, like, almost through his eye, I was like, shit, that's crazy. And then they shot Arno as well. I was like, damn. <laughs> I didn't like and his, Arno and his wife him. looking for him. What you say, Mike? I didn't like the way they did Arno. It was just, I don't like the acting on that part, like when they shot him, he was just kind of like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like he was thinking, "Like, did I just get shot? I'm shot in the head. Okay, I'm about to die." Was, <laughs> he fell down like a scarecrow. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. I didn't even really, really pay attention to that. Watch it again. That shit cracked me the fuck up. I was like, "What? What was that?" For me. For me, it was like we got dragged along to this point of the movie. I'm thinking, like, for all the shit he's done, he may just have that white man look and may just end up on top at the end of this. But the look on that, was he rushing? That Russian space while he was just sitting there? I was like, bro, as soon as he opened this motherfucker, he going to kill his ass. Because <laughs> he had that, like, even though his brother, like Raji pointed out, his, or his brother-in-law, his face changed because he was like, oh, he got caught up in the moment. That Russian dude sat there the whole time like, bro, as soon as he locked me in this box, I was going to kill his ass. And then I'm going to just wait till this game is over. And once I get through, I'm going to deal with him. As a matter of fact, yeah, because he was making a phone call inside of there. And then Adam Sandler said, call his wife and like, yo, get the kids out of the house or whatever. Because he, you know, he figured that he was probably calling somebody to, you know, come after his family. So, yeah, I guess they, they you know. They, I guess they, they kind of lended to it that he, he would shoot him once he came out. But yeah, I was so caught up in the moment, like, oh man, this motherfucker really about to win this shit. You get so, I, I, I got so caught up in that moment that when, and, and like I said, it just happened so fast mm-hmm. when he came out, like, and shot on that. I, I think I was more surprised by the timing of it. As soon as he came out, he shot him. Like, no, like he turned around and boom. I was like, oh, damn. Like, that really shocked me. I, I, I really wasn't expecting that. You know how I knew he was going to die? Because by the time it got up to that scene, I was like, what's the big deal with this movie? This isn't very good. This is okay, but it's not that good. Mm-hmm. I knew there had to be some moment for people to walk away from this film being like, holy shit. If he just lived 
and left with the money and everything was copacetic. Mm. I do not think people would have been talking about how amazing this movie was. They absolutely had to kill him. What I said in the beginning of the review is that although it caught me off guard and I didn't necessarily like the fact that he died, I felt like it was necessary. Like he had to die at the end. He just, he had to. But that's what made it so predictable, though. I, I understand it, but see, for me, it didn't make it predictable. It didn't make it predictable for me. I, I, you know, like I said, I, I had some compassion for him. You know, he's just a guy that had a gambling problem. Um, yeah, he had some issues in his marriage, and I'm sure, like, the gambling problems is probably what caused it. But outside of that, the, the wife knew about the side chick. Well, not the side chick, because I want to say they weren't together. So yeah, was, that was his girl. That was, like, his girl. So, you know, um, I, the kids didn't know. The kids didn't know that he had he, – they just thought he was just living in his own apartment. But I didn't really see him being a trash person. I just saw him as just a jeweler that had a gambling problem. And I don't know. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't see the trash part. Like, I don't know. I just didn't see the trash part. He was cheating on his wife. Wasn't. Oh, he wasn't cheating. Yes, he was. That was how he got to that girl was he was cheating on her. Didn't it say that? Yeah, he did. Oh, he yeah. That. yeah, he, that was the girl he was messing around with while they were married. Why do you think his wife was so mad and wouldn't speak to him? And she and why do you think she knew marriage? I didn't know it was because he cheated on her. I that's how I took it. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I took it. But then he was going back and pretending that he wanted to get back together with her. At the mm-hmm. same time, he was also pretending he was gonna stick with the side chick girl. He was lying to everybody. He was just a trash person. I understand he had addiction. So huh? you didn't you didn't you didn't you didn't think he he sincerely wanted to get back with his wife? No. no. Are you I think he, I think he was manipulating the situation. I think he was playing both sides. He was seeing which one of them. He was only even talking back with his wife because the the other chick cheat like cheated on him. Right. That's it. If she never, but but yeah, but that's not really sincere. That's more so like this option is kind of fucked up. So let me see what I can do with this option. And the second that option didn't work, he went right back to the other option. He was a shitty person. He smacked the smoothie in her face. Wait, what? You don't remember when he got that smoothie in her face? Oh, that, was, that was rude. That, that was, was a funny ass scene. That was a funny ass scene. I forgot about because it went all in her hair and everything. <laughs> that shit. That shit. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> was mad. Was mad. He was mad. He said, bitch. <laughs> said, I thought you were in a hurry. You weren't in that much of a damn hurry. You would have got a smoothie. <laughs> I fuck your smoothie, bitch. She had half a cup left. I would have been mad at that. Bruh, that was messed bro, up. That was a- hey, it was messed up. It, it was messed up. But he was mad. He was hurt. I'm going to tell you. Naomi saying, like, what did you mean? <laughs> You're right, though. She was probably mad as fuck because that smoothie was probably good. Because <laughs> it looked real nice and thick. Yep. It had a lot of good fruit and shit in it. It wasn't even like some cheap, thin smooth. That wasn't no planet smoothie. That was one of them organic motherfuckers. Because it stuck to it when it got on the face. It didn't even run down. It was so disrespectful, man. Oh, my God. That's why I was so funny. 
Cause she went, cause she perked like she was sick. Cause like, I've been feeling under the weather. It's like, yo, yeah, you been sick. You went out and got a damn smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> cause I was looking at it as I was watching. I was like, but she got a smoothie. Like, where did she go? Like, she ran errands before she went to go see this nigga. Like, oh god. Oh, they were saying like, okay, how's he not trash person for that? But. You gotta remember, like she walked in on her in the bathroom with the weekend, and it looked very sketchy. So he was mad, nigga. You all married, bro? Yeah. Exactly. No, how he's you, how, you, how you get him is how you lose him. He's separated. He was he's married, but he's separated, and, and with a girl with, with a girlfriend. He was cheating on his wife. This was Mike. Mike. He you don't have any right to be mad about her cheating on him. No, I'm talking about... And she said, like she said, I didn't do anything. No, I'm talking about the girlfriend. We're not talking about the wife right now. I'm talking about the girlfriend. Even if she fucked the weekend in the bathroom, he has no real right to get mad. If you, getting with, if you were getting with her by cheating on your wife, then how can you get mad at your side chick for cheating on you? That's karma. I understand it's karma, but... Then you can't get mad. And she didn't do anything. I understand, but it didn't look that way. It didn't appear that way. It didn't look that way. But even I, if she I, did, I'm telling you, I didn't do nothing. She touched on his face. Mm-hmm. I don't give a slap. I don't give a hand. damn if you didn't do anything. If you were in the bathroom with the weekend, we got problems. She <laughs> did cheat. She did cheat. Technically, she did cheat. She did. She it, grabbed yeah, that's cheating. Is it not? It is. It is. <laughs> 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 <To> say, <laughs> Rod had to give her that look. Right. A couple of dates, like what? I'm, I'm sorry you guys didn't enjoy it the way I did, man. I really, really still, nothing would change my opinion on this movie. Um, I really enjoyed the ride. Um, I thought it was executed very well. Um, I thought it wasn't a bad performance by Adam Sandler. I thought it was a really good, um, you know, different role for him. I'm not like, I think most people are like, oh, man, he should get an Oscar for this. I just think he just did a good job at this character. Um yeah, yeah, man. It's the, I still stand by. It's one of my favorite movies of 2019. Um, you know, it, I, I don't know the life of a jeweler, gambling, addicted guy. I felt like I was in that world. I absolutely felt like I was in that world. So that, to me, made it a good movie. And I'm glad he enjoyed it as much as he did. I wish I had enjoyed it as much as I did. I can appreciate the way the movie was executed, I can appreciate the fact that it does put you in a place. It kind of identified for me that Roger and I have very different tastes in, in um, movies. He And I don't enjoy stories that stray this far from a traditional plot line, but um, it, I can appreciate the fact that it made me as anxious as it did and the fact that it did make me feel like I was in the middle of that world and experiencing that chaos 
I just wished I had wanted to experience it. You know, I think that's one of the things that I did. I, I do like about it is that even though you knew what was going to happen, you still, I, I still kept asking myself, damn, is this going to work out? Like it, for whatever reason, they still was able to pull me in and, and make me question, like, is he going to get that rebound? Is he going to hit that free throw? Like, which way is this going to go? Even though I suspected, um, that what happened all along. So I do like that, that it was able to pull those emotions out, um, and while watching it. I, I think maybe if I would have watched this first before Knives Out Rod, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I would have had a different experience, but I was off such a, a high because I really enjoyed Knives Out. And then I was like, okay, man, that was really good. So let me watch this. And then the sound, what they did with the sound in terms of all the people talking over each other. Um, I thought I had a bad bootleg copy. So I was really, that's why I rewatched it on Netflix. And then I realized that that was part of it. But um, in rewatching it, I understand why they did that and added that element to really kind of make you feel like you were there and to create, um, you know, that tension. So uh, while I didn't like it, I did, I do like it. So, but overall, I think it's a, it's a fine movie. Um, I did go try to read some of the things that people were saying of, of why that it received all the praise that it did. But, um, but overall, yeah, I'm not going to diss it or anything like that. I thought it was okay. Speaking of sound, I did like the, the score. Score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll just say I, I enjoyed it. Like I said already, I didn't enjoy it quite as much as other people, but I thought it was a good movie. Acting was fine. I thought the way that they portrayed that world was fine. It just wasn't a world that I cared about and it wasn't characters that I cared about. But that was kind of the point. You're not really supposed to I don't know that you really were supposed to sympathize with these characters, but I just didn't even really find them that interesting. Um, I feel like if, if it wasn't as predictable as I felt it was, then I would have enjoyed it a lot more, but it just seemed like every single scene that happened, I was like, all right, this is what's going to happen. Okay. Yep. That happened. It was everything. Nothing surprised me, but that's still, it was still a, it was still a fine movie. I'm not going to shit on it. It wasn't bad. It wasn't trash. It was good. Yeah, for me, if they took out, if they were taking out like maybe 30 minutes of this film, it would have been more enjoyable for me because I felt like it was just 30 minutes too long. I think one of y'all mentioned how like it dragged a lot as far as the whatever plot you want to call this. Um, but it, it, it's a it's a fine it's a fine Netflix film. I would have been pissed if I would pay if I paid money for it, but I'm glad I watched it on Netflix. Mm. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> If I saw in the theater, I might have been annoyed. <clears throat> Two hours and fourteen minutes of that, I might have been a little irritated. <clears throat> so, Nay, I feel I feel for you. <laughs> we made it. We made it. Sucks All right. What I'll do us for us this uh, week, as far as this review, let us know what you guys thought about Uncut Gems. Um, let us know FPS Podcast, the Reddit thread, FPS Podcast, also for Twitter and IG. Also, please continue to subscribe and uh, share us around with your friends and family. Try to get them subs up and uh, continue to send us your recommendations for what else you want to watch with us as well. Because we're doing rewatchables and and whatever's coming out. So we're trying to keep up with it. So we appreciate y'all. But that's that's us for this week. We out. Peace. Peace. All right.